the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseo Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise God. We thank God for the privilege of appearing before him. The Bible says that blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto you. Every time you have an opportunity to appear before God in fellowship, you must count yourself blessed because not everybody gets that opportunity. And you don't just appear before God and go back the same way. When you meet Nanado, the president of this nation, something will happen. Something nice will happen to you. If you are jobless, you can be sure that if you, he gives you audience, you may get a job. Likewise, when we have encounters with God, when we meet God, God is a God of all possibility. So when we have an encounter with him every time, whether your personal encounter or corporate encounter like a time of fellowship like this, you must always expect a transformation. And I have no doubt in this service, God is going to meet you at the very point of your need. It's a joy to have you. But if you are very new to our broadcast, you are new to our YouTube channel, I want you to Take a minute and subscribe so that you can and click the bell button so that you can always be prompted when we are on and your life will certainly not be the same again. Those of you on Facebook, go ahead, share, start a watch party and share with as many people as possible. This is your own opportunity to share the gospel with the lost. The Lord bless you mightily as you do so. Now, let us also know wherever you are watching from. You can just click in and let us know. I'm watching from uh, Kumasi. I'm watching from Germany. I'm watching from USA. Wherever you are, just let us know so that we can also interact with you. The Lord bless you as you do so. Shall we bow our heads as we pray and get into God's word? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for another day in your presence. The Bible says... A day in thy court is better than thousand. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to appear before you. Having come in faith, we have no doubt we are returning the same. We are, we are, we are not returning transformed. Thank you for your touch. Grant us utterance. Grant us understanding of your word. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation flow. Let no man or woman watching this broadcast now or watch it hereafter ever remain the same. I thank you and I bless you that in this communion service strength is ours, healing is ours, wisdom is ours. We receive them by faith in Jesus. Much less name. Amen. Once again you welcome to our communion service and I want to encourage you that you get your communion items ready because as soon as I finish, that will be what will follow next. And then when I'm done, I will share a very beautiful news with you. You need to hear that news. The Lord bless you. Come with me to First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. First Peter chapter 2, 1 and 2. Last week, I started teaching on growing in grace. 
growing in grace. First Peter 2 verse 1 and 2. The Bible said, therefore laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy and evil speaking. It says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of a word that you may grow thereby. Second Peter 3 verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Among many things I shared with you last week, we established the fact that spiritual growth is the most important pursuit as a child of God. That you must go after spiritual growth, going after God, growing in God, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the grace of God is the most important pursuit of your life as a child of God. Once you are born again, there is nothing to desire than to grow spiritually because everything that you need in this life is made available. The Bible said, if God did not spare his own son, but gave him up freely unto us, how shall he not also freely with him give us all things so you see everything you need to make life worth living has been made available unto you in the book of peter he talks again and said according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who had called us to glory and virtue all things that pertains to life and godliness have been made available unto you but to enjoy them you need to grow spiritually. That's the essence of spiritual growth. And we said that to grow spiritually, we must first of all identify where we belong. Until you know where you belong, there is no way your journey to spiritual growth can begin. Your journey to spiritual growth, your journey into spiritual growth begins where you identify where exactly you belong. And in this teaching, I know that I'm speaking to the various groups of people. By all means, you belong to one of the four groups we examined last week. We said that there are four main groups of people in, on the earth. Four of them. And we identified them from the first book of Corinthians chapter 2, verse, two to, verse 12 to 16. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. That's where we took our references from. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13, he says, these things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual then he began to talk about the categories he said but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness unto him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of god they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned verse 15 he says but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one he who is spiritual when we come to first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 he said i brethren could not speak to you as unto spiritual but as to carnal, as to babes in christ i have filled you with milk not with solid food for until now you are not able to receive it and even now you are still not able for you are still carnal. For there are envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like me? Amen. So out of this text, last week we established that there are four groups of people. One is the natural man group. 
The natural man group is the first group of people. He said, the natural man received not the things of the spirit, they are foolishness unto him. Then, when we come down, he says that I came unto you, I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto babes. So, from the natural man, we go to the baby Christian group. Baby Christians group. So, there are Christians who are babies. You remember First Peter says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of a word that you may grow thereby. So that's the baby Christian group. And then number three, we have the carnal Christian group. The carnal Christian group, which has to do with Christians who are not growing like they ought to grow. Then of course, number four, we have the spiritual Christian group. The spiritual Christian or the spiritual man group. He said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual man, but as unto a natural man. So, there is number one, the natural man, and number two, the baby Christian group, and number three, the carnal man group, and number four is the spiritual man group. And I pray that by the time we are through with this series, your level will change. Wherever, whichever group you belong. If you are not you are in the carnal man group. May you move to the spiritual man group. Type amen. If you are in the spiritual man group, may you continue to stay spiritual. If you are in the natural man group, may you transition into a baby Christian group and then continue to grow in that manner. In the name of Jesus. May the grace to continuously remain ever growing in God. May that grace be your portion in the name of Jesus. We started by examining the natural man. And we said that we needed to understand the natural man for three reasons. One, we need to understand the natural man because he reminds us of who we used to be. All of us, those of you who are Christians, and all of us are Christians actually. Those of us who are born again, if you are born again watching this broadcast, you must understand that you used to be a natural man. All of us used to be natural men. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 and 12, New Living Translation says, don't forget that you you gentiles used to be outsiders you must not forget don't forget that you gentiles gentiles is everybody anybody who is naturally not a jew that's a gentile and said gentiles we used to be outside you were called uncircumcised heathens by the jews who were proud of their circumcision even though even though it only affected their bodies and not their hearts verse 12 he says in those days you were living apart from Christ. So you need to remember that there was a time you used to live apart from Christ. There was a time all the, the best places you could go were the discotheques. The best places you could go were the drinking bars. Those were the places you liked to go. Those were the friends you used to drunkards and weed smokers who used to be your associates and friends. That is who you used to be. But So you used to be a natural man. All of us used to be natural man. He reminds us that we, it reminds us of the person we used to be. That's why we need to study and understand the natural man. Number two, we need to understand the natural man because we, on earth, we will have to relate with the natural man. There is nobody living on the earth who will not relate with the natural man. Everybody on the planet relates with the natural man. You relate with the natural man. Sometimes you sit in the natural man's study. Sometimes you work in a place. Your boss is a natural man. Sometimes... You go to do your hair in the saloon and the lady there who is doing your hair is a natural man. You go to the bank to transact business and the person at the counter who gives your money is a natural man. So we are called to relate with natural man. Sometimes you even go to rent a place 
or build your house and by the time you realize where you have built your house the next neighbor is a natural man so all of us would have to relate with the natural man at one point in time or the other in our lives that's why we need to understand the natural man number three we need to understand the natural man because we have a ministry towards the natural man type i have a ministry to the natural man this is the most crucial of all you and i have a ministry to the natural man the bible said god has reconciled us unto himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation when god reconciled you he also gave you a responsibility to reconcile other people who are at loggerheads who are not in a good relationship in a peaceful relationship who are not in harmony with god they need to we need to restore them when jesus came that was his business to restore us unto god when he ascended on her, he gave that ministry to us. So you and I have the ministry of reconciliation. And I pray that the grace of God will rest upon you to fully dedicate yourself to fulfilling this vital ministry of reconciliation. There are many Christians who are talking about, uh, I have a music ministry, I have this ministry, I have that ministry. I want you to know your primary ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. Win souls, restore men unto God. That was Jesus' ministry. Today, we want to go a step further and understand the natural man even more. Because we said that he reminds us of who we used to be. And then the natural man also, we have a relationship with him. The natural man is the person we are supposed to reconcile to God. And if you are going to do this well, these three things well, and in a way that honors God, then we need to better understand the natural man. So we are discussing who is a natural man. The natural man refers to every person who is not saved. Anybody who is not saved, anybody who is not born again is a natural man. Any unbeliever is a natural man. Whether he's your boss, he's your colleague in the office, he's your coursemate, wherever you find them. Anybody who has not professed faith in Christ, professed faith in Christ, is not born again, and is not working in harmony with God, is a natural man. And by the time we are through, you come to understand the natural man better. There are many things the Bible says about the natural man. But in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14, the Bible said the natural man does not receive or does not know the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive or know the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. He said, but the natural man amplified, non-spiritual man does not accept, admit, welcome into his heart, the gift and teachings and revelations of the spirit of god they are fully meaningless meaningless nonsense to him he is incapable of knowing them wow he's incapable of knowing them of progressively recognizing amplifier always amplifies the text beautiful progressively recognizing understanding and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually designed and estimated and appreciated the natural man cannot receive or does not receive the things of the spirit of god because they are foolishness to him to the natural man when we say you must be born again is foolishness the natural man does not understand what it means to fear god the natural man does not understand what it means to speak in tongues he said ah why are you just speaking a language you don't understand because it's a natural man why do we come to church and uh, without anything we say let's pray everybody begin to lift up their voice and they are speaking in tongues because he's a natural man you don't explain tongues to a natural man 
You don't explain tithing to a natural man. You don't explain giving to a natural man because they are foolishness unto him. They are spiritually deserved. So, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. And he does not receive them because of a number of reasons. There are certain characteristics that the natural man has that makes him incapable of receiving the things of the Spirit of God. And I want to walk you through a few of them. One is that the natural man is spiritually blind. The natural man is spiritually blind. He's been blinded by the devil, so he's not able to appreciate the things of the Spirit of God. If you are blind, you will not be able to tell the color of suit I'm wearing. If you are blind, when I'm handing over something to you, I have to put it in your hands. When I stretch my hands, you will, you will, you will be able to see my hand to receive it. So the Bible said the natural man cannot receive. God wants to give something to the natural man, but he can't receive it. Why? Because he's spiritually blind. He's blind. God has given a lot. Jesus Christ, the most valuable gift God has given is freely given. Jesus has been freely given to the natural man, but because he's blinded, he cannot see it. Look at what, how the Bible puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. He said, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden from people who are perishing. Everybody who is not born again, the good news of salvation is hidden. That's why they are not saved. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Every unbeliever has his mind blinded. Satan has blinded their minds. Now, I need you to understand this very well because, see, if you don't understand these basic facts about the natural man, you will find it very difficult to minister and relate appropriately to the natural man. So, he said they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ. Who is the exact likeness of Christ? The Bible says in the same book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, he said, for the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. King James says, but to us which are saved, it is the power of God. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. Why must I give my life to Christ? What do I need? Why, why, why must I go to church? It's foolishness to them. Why must I fight? Why must I give money to God? Why must I give? Why must I support the work of God? Why must I give my time to advance the cause of Christ? It's foolishness unto him. He would rather go and play golf on Sunday morning rather than come to church. He would rather want to hang out after work with friends at a beer, bar, drink, beer drinking spot rather than go for a midweek service. He would rather spend his time watching as watching as at Arsenal and Chelsea rather than come into a cell meeting where you'll be taught the word of God to grow spiritually. No, the natural man, everything spiritual is foolishness to the natural man because he's blind. So when you are talking to a blind man, you need to be careful. You are you say, I'm showing you why can't you see? Why should you lose your temper talking to a blind man? And you are worried he can't see. He can't see he's lost. He can't see he's on his way to hell. He can't see. That's why the Bible says we should be moved with compassion. Because I mean, when you see a blind man and he's heading towards a ditch, if you are compassionate, you'll reach out to him. That's why if you are not a, a soul winning, a dark heart soul winner, you are, you, are just, uh, you are just not compassionate. You are not working in love. Because this is a blind man who is on his way to hell into eternal damnation. And you who have seen the light, you won't show him. 
That's why we have a huge responsibility. Once you see the light, you have a responsibility to help anyone around you who is here to see the light to see it because they are blind. So the natural man cannot receive the things of God like salvation, like tongue speaking, like spirituality, like fellowship and all because he is spiritually blind. Number one. Number two, the natural man, the natural man is spiritually dead. That's why he cannot receive. You can't give anything to a spiritually dead person. The natural man is spiritually dead, so he cannot receive. He lacks the ability to receive things from God. Look at what the Bible says of the natural man in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. And you, he made alive. I like it. And you, he made alive. Turn to your neighbor and say, type in and say, I have been made alive. You, he had made alive. Type into the box. I am made alive. I'm alive. You, he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Take note. He says you. And this letter was written to Christians. So he was just trying to. He said you, he made you alive. When you were dead in trespasses and sin. Before you got born again, you were dead in trespasses and sin. You used to sin because it, it, I mean, it's your natural life. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You remember in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and 17, God spoke to Adam and told him specifically. He said, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat thereof. For the day you shall eat thereof, verse 17, he said, you surely die. You remember that? God told him, you will surely die. The question is, when Adam ate it, did he die? He didn't die. Physically, he didn't die. But spiritually, he died. That is what the Bible is talking about. Adam died spiritually. And before you think it's only Adam who died, let me show you a scripture. Because you see, on this planet, everybody exists in one of two places. Everybody on the earth exists in one of two places. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22. Everybody exists in one of two places. He says, for us in Adam all died. Even so in Christ all shall be made alive. As in Adam all died. As in Adam all died. Even so in Christ all shall be made alive. As in Adam all died. All died in Adam. What does it mean? It means that everybody who is born of a woman died in Adam. Everybody. You are born dead. That's what the Bible said. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. He said, ah, how can an old man like me go into my mother's skin and be born again? Because he could not understand what Jesus was talking about. It was spiritual birth. New birth. He needed to be born of the spirit and of water. You have been born in the natural way. When you are born in the natural, you are born a sinner. That's why you don't have to teach a child how to lie. You don't have to teach a child how to sin. You don't have to teach there is nobody who deliberately. You have to teach a child to do right. But you can't teach a child to do wrong. Everybody is born a sinner. So in, in, in Adam, all died. Even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. So you see, when there are two broad places everybody on the planet exists. One, there are those who are in Adam and there are those who are in Christ. Two groups of people. Those in Adam and those in Christ. Those in Adam are unbelievers. Every unbeliever is still existing and living in Adam. Born a sinner. 
and live like a sinner. But you are alive and then those in Christ. Those in Christ are those who have been made spiritually alive. So those in Adam are dead. But those in Christ have been made spiritually alive. Are you not excited that you have been made spiritually alive? You are alive unto God. That's why when you sin, you, you feel that something is wrong. You lie and immediately you are convicted. It's because you are alive. You see, when you put electricity on a dead body's skin, there is no, there is nothing, it cannot be shocked. There is no shock. But the reason why you feel the shock of sin, every time you come close to sin, is because you are alive. Oh, I like that. It's because you are alive. Sometimes when you are convicted, you get worried. Ah, why? why? No, it's because you are alive. When you come to a place where you are no longer convicted of sin, it's, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. You are alive. You are alive. I'm happy that I'm alive. And then, so number one, we said the natural man is spiritually blind. Number two, the natural man is spiritually dead. Number three, the natural man is spiritually controlled by demonic forces. Spiritual, the natural man is not, uh, spiritually controlled by demonic entities. Why do you think people, a man who is married after close of work will not go home but will rather go and hang out with an 18 year old girl in a hotel, spend money when he has built a house and a fine house, everything that he can desire for in, in life is in the house but he would rather want to spend his time in the hotel room, pay money and live there. Why? Because something is controlling him. Something is controlling him and that is a demonic force. It controls him. It rules him. It rules his life. Look at what the Bible says. It says, and you he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Verse 2. Ephesians 2 verse 2. In which also, in which you once walked according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power of of according to the prince of the power of the earth, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There's a spirit at work. There's a spirit that moves people to fornicate. There's a spirit that moves people to steal. There's a spirit that moves people to commit uh, all kinds of things that are displeasing and despicable. There's a spirit that moves people to murder. There's a spirit that moves people to cheat. That spirit is at work in the natural man. The natural man does not do the things he wants to do. He is controlled by demonic forces. They drink because he's controlled by demonic forces. So, we can say that the natural man is typically a child of the devil. The natural man is typically a child of the devil. No wonder the Bible says in the book of John 8:44, he said, You are like your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you do. So the natural man naturally sins. He does the things of the devil. It's normal for them to do the things that the devil wants them to do. So that is the natural man. I hope you are getting somewhere with this. You the understanding of the natural man. The natural man. The natural man is spiritually blind. The natural man is spiritually dead. The natural man is spiritually controlled by demonic forces. As I get ready to close, I want you to appreciate the hopeless state of the natural man. 
the hopeless state of the natural the natural man is a very hope it's very sad to be a natural man and if you are watching this broadcast and that is your state i mean imagine you are blind two you are dead three you are controlled by demonic forces you don't do what you want to do you don't do what you you know is right to do the natural man is in a very hopeless state and the book of Ephesians helps us to appreciate the hopeless state of the natural man how hopeless is a natural man so we can be moved with compassion so we can be moved with love to reach out to the natural man apart from the fact that he's blind on his way to hell the natural man is hopeless even before he gets to hell and it's so because of a number of reasons look at Ephesians chapter 1 2 verse 1 he says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That is the natural man. Verse 2. In which you once also walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3. He says, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the, the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as the others. Give me the New Living Translation of the same. And then we will touch on a few of them. From verse 1. He said, and you, once you were dead, you remember, once you were dead, so the natural man is still in his dead state. The believer was once dead, but the natural man is still in his dead state. He said, once you were dead, because of your disobedience and your many sins, and you remember, by Adam's disobedience, all men were counted disobedience. So when he talks about your disobedience, that's Adam's disobedience. So you don't have to practically commit anything as it were to be judged a spiritually dead person. All you need to do is to be born by Adam. In Adam, all died. Don't forget that. He said, go back to verse 1. Let me pick it again. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, verse uh, 2, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world obeying the devil come on the commander of the powers in the unseen world he's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey that's how bad it is for the natural man all of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature but but by our very nature we were subject to god's anger just like everyone else let me just uh, walk you through this this test and then i think we, we can do ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 also 11 and 12 and then we'll, we'll just pick it up too he said don't forget you gentiles used to be outsiders you were called uncircumcised hiddens by the jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts that's all in those days, you were living apart from Christ. So the natural man is living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Without God and without hope. That is what I used to describe the natural man as hopeless. Take time on your own and walk through those two references you will see at least about nine different reasons why the natural man is hopeless. And if you are watching this broadcast, you are not born again. This typically describes you. You are hopeless in this life and the life you after. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care the kind of car you drive. 
if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you are spiritually dead. You are spiritually dead. Look at it. Nine reasons why. Number one, the natural man is hopeless because he walks according to the course of the patterns of the world. He lives after the patterns of the world. Anything that goes is going on in the world, that's how they flow. That's all. Number two, the natural man is hopeless because he's controlled by demonic spirits. The spirit that works in the children of disobedience is at work in the natural man. He's controlled by demonic spirits. He's rude. You are not, the things you are doing is not you. And you're any kind of idea. Some forces are pushing you. You are not doing it with your natural eye. Some unseen forces are pushing you to do the things you are doing, to break your home. The natural man, number three, helplessly fulfills the desires of his flesh and mind. The natural man, helplessly, he can't help himself. If he desires to drink alcohol, that's what he should drink. If he desires to have sex, that's what he has to do. And regardless of whoever is in sight, God forbid if he's a goat in sight, but the natural man just falls in love and goes to bed with just anything and anyone because he's helpless. He, there's nothing controlling him. There's nothing restraining him. And then number four, the natural man is a child of wrath. He's a child of wrath by nature. By nature, the natural man is a child. Look at John chapter 36, chapter 6, verse 36. He said, he that believed on the son had everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see light, but the wrath of God abided in him. The wrath of God. If you are a natural man, the wrath of God abides for you. You are going to face the anger of God. You are going to face the judgment of God if you are a natural man. And you remain so. The natural man is a child of wrath. Number five, the natural man is without Christ. Don't forget Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look at verse 12. That at the time you were without Christ. Verse 12. At the time you were without Christ. The New Living Translation says you were living apart from Christ. And then the natural man is alienated. He's alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. The blessings, the heritage, the, the Precious promises of God. The natural man is alienated from it. He's not a part of it. He has no share in it. Number seven, he's a stranger to the covenant of promise. The covenant, all the precious promises of God. The natural man has no stake in it. He has no stake. The promise of eternal life, the promise of uh, a good and pleasant life on earth, the blessing of peace and prosperity. The natural man has no place in it. As for prosperity, you can get it. Because according to Proverbs, even fools can prosper. But to enjoy the prosperity and enjoy the peace that comes with it, you can't have it as a natural man. The natural man is a stranger from the covenant of promise. All the precious promises of God, the natural man has no share in it. Number eight, the natural man is without God. He is without God. The Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, turn it. If God is against you, if God is not for you, everybody can be against you. That's why witches are disturbing you in your sleep. You are not able to sleep. You are going through all kinds of things. It's because you are without God. What you need to enjoy peace, what you need to enjoy steady progress is to give your life to Christ. Be born again. That is a pathway to it. The natural man is hopeless because without Christ, without God, your destiny is that of hopelessness. 
He said, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So if you don't know God, you cannot access his plans for your life. And if you can't access his plans for your life, it means your life is just heading towards danger and doom. But hey, before I close, I want you to know that it's not all doom and gloom for the natural man. If you're a natural man watching this broadcast, it's not all doom and gloom for you. Let's look at God's promise. Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 3. He said, you he made alive. If you're a natural man, I want you to know that God can make you alive. You he made alive. Who are dead in trespasses in which you once walked, blah, 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 blah. And then let's go to verse 4. He talked about the condition. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which which he loved us. Verse 5. He says, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us aligned together by Christ, by grace, you have been saved. If you are a natural man watching this broadcast, it should be a word of comfort for you. God wants to make you alive. God wants to save you. God wants to transform you. That's why I'm coming your way. That's why you're hearing what you're hearing now. God wants to save you. He said, by grace you can be saved. Verse 8, he said, for by grace you are saved through faith and that not of your works. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. You are a natural man. God wants to bring you near. Let's look at verse 13 and then we'll close. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought now by the blood of Christ. The natural man is far away from God. But you see, if you decide to put your faith in Christ, that's why he said in Christ Jesus. In other words, outside Christ Jesus, you can't be brought now to God. And I know you want to be nigh to God. I know you want to. You yearn. There's a hunger. There's a yearning in your spirit for God. There's a God vacuum in every man. That nothing can fill. And today, God has come your way with his word. If you want to be reconciled. If you want to be brought nigh. And not only brought nigh. But to enjoy the peace of God. Look at it. Verse 14. He said. And he is our peace. Who has made both one and has broken down the wall, the middle wall of partition, having abolished. God has broke, Jesus has broken the wall down. So when you receive Jesus, you have opened access to God. Jesus is your access to God. Are you ready? This is your fine opportunity to use that access. It's critical that you give up. You give your heart and you give your life to God. He's ready for you. He wants to bring you now. He wants to make you a part. He wants to give you hope. He wants to help you to get your your part in the commonwealth of Israel. He doesn't want you to live a life that is hopeless, a life without God. That is the best life to live. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you are ready and you want to make that commitment to transition from a natural man into a baby Christian or a child of God, the natural man, the first step the natural man needs to take is to become a child of God. And that's why we are coming your way. Child of God, you have to move from being a child of the devil to becoming a child of God. And what a joy it is, what a privilege I have to help you to make this fine decision of your life. This most important decision of your life. Go ahead and bow down your heads if you are ready to accept Christ and make him your Lord so you will cease to be a natural man. Bow down your heads and let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for this hour. I believe that you died for me. 
I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior of my life. Today, I yield my heart to you. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer in faith, I want you to understand that this minute you are born again. You are a new creature. You are now a child of God. What a joy. The peace of God is yours. The joy, the joy of salvation is yours. Are you not feeling excited in your spirit after praying that prayer? That is the power of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God takes residence in you. We want to help you in your work. We want to help you to be able to grow in your journey and in your work with God. So go ahead, send us a mail, send us a WhatsApp on the contact you see on the phone, the email address you see, so we can stay in touch with you and be a blessing to you and help you in your work with God. If you are ready to make that commitment, go ahead and pick those uh, contacts on the screen. I declare that you and your household are kept safe. A thousand will fall at the side, ten thousand at the right hand, it shall not come nigh thee. That going out and that coming in is blessed. In the name of Jesus, the angel of God shall encamp around you and will deliver you at all times. So it shall be in your life. You are blessed. Pastor Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afrakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information fellowship with us this and every sunday for our celebration services 7 a.m first service 8 30 a.m second service and 10 a.m our third service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejekuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.